welcome to a Heritage Christian Centre podcast. For more information, visit www.heritagecc.com.au. We hope this message blesses your life. I want to share today about faith and faithfulness. And uh, it's really important to me that we, we actually grab a hold of this coming into Christmas. Because uh, the Christmas story is about God being faithful to Him and uh, to us in the journey. So I want to jump in at Matthew 25 and Jesus is giving a parable about a rich man who gives his servants some, some blessings, some talents. And it says this in verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered me to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents beside them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many, many, enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. I've gained two more talents beside them. And his Lord there said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many, enter into the joy of the Lord. Um, I don't know if we've stopped long enough or actually any of us stopped long enough to think. We see numbers five, two and one. Who thinks five's a big number? Good, nobody. It doesn't seem like it's a big story. Um, normally they would talk about talents. It, talents was just a weight, about 35 kilos. So it's 35 kilos or approximately 6,000 coins. Something like that, depending on whether it's gold or silver. And normally if it was silver, they would identify it as in Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. You know, so because it's not identified, most would identify this or, or you know, assume that Jesus is actually talking about gold, talents of gold. Now, even if it's silver, it's over $30,000 worth if you have one talent. But if it's gold, it's about sorry, 2.3 million Australian dollars. The guy with one talent was given by his master $2.3 million to manage. See, see we, we think because he put it in a bag and buried it, that that wasn't much. But 6,000 coins is a big bag. That's like a treasure chest he would have had to bury. A, a treasure chest of ability to do something with that he buried. Uh, now, obviously a lot more when you have two talents or five talents, but th- this is bigger than we actually normally comprehend. At, at the minimum, it's 30,000, but it's more likely that Jesus says the guy with one talent was given $2.3 million. The guy with two was given 4.6 and the guy with five was given 11.5 million. That, that's, that's who, who would like to be given just one talent? <laughs> you know, I, I can handle $2.3 million, I'm sure. That would be just about enough to build this new facility next door. You know, I can see Brenda thinking straight away as a kid's leader. Uh, you know, I, I can see that. And sometimes we underestimate the value of the talents in this story. And you know what's sad? I actually think many of us underestimate the value of the talent God has put in each of us. I actually think the problem is not that we think too highly of ourselves. There are a few, but generally most believers, I, I believe, I think most believers think far too little of the capacity they have that God has invested and entrusted them with. God has entrusted you with ability. Most of us get 70, now they say average 80 plus years of time to use our abilities that God has invested in us that is worth far more than one talent. 
of gold. I actually believe in faith, God wants us to have a go. See, we know that, we know that it's, it's faith that pleases God. Hebrews eleven six 6 says this, Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. He who comes to Him must believe that He is, and He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Faith pleases God. Listen, it did not say success pleases God. It did not say success pleases God. It said faith. Have a go. Or in Aussie lingo, have a go, you mug. Have a go. Most of us do not have a go. And many people die, as we've heard in a couple of weeks previously, they die with regrets because they didn't have a go. God is pleased when you have a go, even if you fall on your face. John Maxwell's book, Failing Forward. At least when you get up, when you fall on your face, you're a little bit ahead of where you were before. So God is pleased with faith. A lot of people, because we undervalue the faith and the gifts of God in us, we are afraid to step out, fearing we might displease Him. God is displeased when we don't step out. He is pleased when we step out in faith, even if we've made a basically wrong decision. Please, not in clear disobedience, but we're doing the best we can to do the will of God and the purity of our heart. We believe this is God. Step out, make a mistake. God smiled. Yes, had to go. He had to go. She had to go. Yeah, they messed it up. But no, they had to go. God is pleased with faith. Romans 8.8 8 says this, those who live in the flesh cannot please God. I want to live in faith. I want to live in the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is creative. The Spirit of God is moving forward. The Spirit of God is growing. It's challenging. It's extending our lives. And so we need to step forward. Thessalonians tells it like this, finally then, brethren, 1 Thessalonians 4.1, we urge and exhort you in the Lord Jesus. You should abound, listen, more and more, just as received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. So faith has to grow. Faith is a growing substance in our life. It needs growth. It needs nurturing. It needs development. Peter says, add to your faith with all diligence. These things, brotherly love and kindness and endurance, add to your faith, grow your faith. It's only faith that pleases God. Faith is simply learning to believe God at His Word and trust Him in that journey. As we heard last week, sometimes that just means keep going. Keep going knowing one thing, that God will somehow work it for your good in the end. Keep going through the valleys. Keep going through the storms. Keep going through the challenges. Keep going through the disappointments and the hurts and the heartaches and the grief. Keep going because you will come out of the valley of the shadow of death. You will come out one day. When? I don't know, it might be after you die, but you will come out and it will work for your good. God, I have to believe. And it says there, we need to abound more and more. That that speaks of continual diligence of our faith. In other words, faithfulness. So we have to be faithful in our faith. And then this word faithfulness comes up constantly through Scripture. In 1 Corinthians 4.17, Paul says this, For this reason I've sent Timothy to you, who is is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. 
Another passage, Paul talking says, commit what I've taught you to faithful men who are able to teach others. There's faithfulness turns up. Paul entrusted the Word to someone who had proved themselves faithful in the faith. Just like in our opening parable, the faithful servants increased in blessing and increased in responsibility. Paul did that constantly. Ephesians 6, you, but that you also may know my affairs and how I'm doing. Tychicus, a bro, beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord will make all things known for you. So faithfulness is a core value that Paul sought for. It's a teaching that Jesus taught and it's not the only word that means the same thing. There are other words in 1 Corinthians 7, 37. Nevertheless, he who stands steadfast, faithful, in his heart, having no necessity, but has power over his own will and has determined in his heart. See, faithfulness needs courage. Courage to choose to live our life by our will and not our emotions. Listen, it says power over his own will. To live by will and not emotions. That, that takes courage to be determined and steadfast and faithful. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. That's faithfulness. Hanging on, pressing on, knowing there's something good at the end. Indeed, he says in Colossians, you continue in faith, grounded and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard. So why should we live in faith? Because look, it's not easy. 1, Corinthians, 1 Peter 5, 9 says this, resist him, the devil, steadfast in faith, knowing that the same sufferings, he's talking to people who are suffering. He, he said, hey, faithfulness is gonna cost you something. Faithfulness is gonna hurt. Faithfulness is a challenge. It's easy to be faithful when there's no challenge, but faithful means challenge and it means overcoming challenges. These sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. It costs. It's a sacrifice. There's suffering along the way. Sometimes it's easier because the times are really good. Sometimes it's hard because the times are hard. Charles Dickens in his book, A Tale of Two Cities, writes it like this. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch or the era of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity, incredulity, which is disbelief. It was the season of light. It was a season of darkness. It was a spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. I don't know if that relates to you or not, but it relates to me. Sometimes my faith is, sometimes, oh God, what's going on? Sometimes I believe, sometimes God help my unbelief. There's this, this challenge, faith and faithfulness take time and energy and challenge and there's pains and heartaches along the way. But I know, I know there's something better. It's learning to be steadfast in our faith, in the tension that always exists in life between the best and the worst season because they can happen at the same time. Hebrews 3.14 says it like this, We have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Hebrews 6.19 continues, This hope we have as an anchor for the soul, which is both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence beyond the veil. See, our faith and our faithfulness are because it goes beyond death. Our faith and our faithfulness are because we have something bigger than this 
temporary life to live for. We have more to look at. And if I keep my eyes on eternity, if I see my present in the context of eternity, then I'm gonna be faithful. I'm gonna see there's something far better. Does it hurt now? Yeah, of course it hurts now. Are you rejoicing now? Yeah, I'm rejoicing now. This can be almost schizophrenic in the balance of life. And no wonder people in this world struggle with emotional and and mental illness. Because if you take God out, life has no purpose. Life is is so so lacks direction. It's empty and vague and void. And, And why would you want to bother continuing? But faith gives us a reason to be faithful because we have a hope that draws us on. I'm looking beyond death ultimately for what's happening. I look, I want it in this life too, but I'm looking ultimately beyond the veil of the grave. We remain faithful in our faith because we have a sure hope and a confident expectation of good in the end. That's why we keep doing what we do. Because we want people to know Jesus. We want people to come to know the one who loves them and who loved us. God, God, there are people who are yet to know that your love is for them and toward them, that your goodness is toward them, that your desire is peace on earth toward men. You know, your desire is that the men can live in peace with you and then having peace with you can be at peace with one another. And the goodwill we have can be toward one another because we have received such great blessing from God. How can I not? be good to others or have I forgotten that it was by grace that I was saved and not of works lest anyone should boast have I forgotten do I think I've done it myself no please please God help me never forget that where I am is because of your grace and your grace alone your mercy that forgave me and your grace that equips me and empowers me let me never forget let me never look at a broken person from a a high minded position but God they can be rescued because you rescued me to know that I was walking there lost in darkness but you brought light to my life and it's only because of faith that I can even have a chance to be faithful I'll do that too mate it's okay Why? Why would I want to do that when it's so painful at times? Well, Romans 2 says this, the righteous judgment of God. So God's righteous to start with. Verse 6 says, He will render to each one according to his deeds. Verse 7, eternal life to those through by patient continuance. Sounds like faithfulness to me. In doing good. Why do I do good? Because I seek something. I seek glory and honour and immortality in the kingdom of God. Not on earth. It's not proud. It's God, I don't want to get there empty handed. I don't want to get there without something to offer you for your goodness toward me. I don't want to get there pauper. I want to get there rejoicing. I want, like Peter says, I want an abundant entrance into heaven. Because I don't want to be short-sighted. I don't want to be one who's lost my mind, lost my way. I want to keep the vision before my heart. God is faithful. God is going to render to each one. It says, for there is no partiality with God. God. God is not going to show partiality if you do good in Him and have accepted Jesus, you make it. Well, I want to make it with joy. I want to make it with glory. That's why I want to be faithful in the things of God. See, there will come a day when God will judge and will have to judge because to be just, God has to have justice. Listen, to be just, God must one day judge. 
And as, as painful as that is, because God is just and He is going to judge, He's also God who is love. And His love moved Him with compassion. His love moved Him when He looked in the heart of man and looked at the brokenness of our life. And He made a way that we can write a new destiny, write a new future for our lives. He made a way that we, we can look at the past and go, that is not the end. The past is the past to the point I'm at now. And now I can have a new beginning. I can have a new start. I, I can change the story. I don't have to follow that path. I can follow a path of righteousness and faith and faithfulness in the faith of God. How? Because God who is love sent His Son who was faithful to the call who came as a baby, lived his life for around 33 years and gave his life in faithful faith to provide a just payment for the sins of the whole world. Listen, not just Christians, for everybody. Everybody. The, the sin issue has been dealt with at the cross. The only issue left is now, will we accept the payment God paid on our behalf or reject it? Because God to be just can only justify those who've accepted the payment. Now we can turn from our ways. Now we can turn to the ways of God. Now we have an option, an opportunity to be faithful to this faith and live faithfully in this faith. This faith is believing that God so loved, believing that Jesus came and died on a cross, believing the goodness of God and get a reward instead of a penalty. Hebrews 11 says it like this. And we read it before, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. What do we believe about God? See, if people don't believe in Jesus, if they haven't committed their life to Jesus, there's nothing they can do to please God. They can do lots and lots of good deeds, but it doesn't please God. God doesn't even see it. God doesn't even see it because their hearts are not open to receive Jesus. Now, God knows ahead of time. He looks forward. He sees whether people were responsive or not. And he saw, he saw Cornelius and saw, here's a man who's doing good deeds and he's praying and his heart has come up toward God. And so the message comes to him. Church, are we taking this message, this faith that we actually believe? Because faith says that I believe something. What is the faith I believe? God so loved. What is the command of Christ to be faithful to? Go into all the world and make disciples. If I'm not doing that, am I being faithful to the faith that I'm called into? Am I not called to be a minister of reconciliation, to reconcile the world to God? Is that not a given ministry to every believer in Christ that you've been given the ministry of reconciliation? How do we reconcile if we don't testify? How do we reconcile if we don't show people love? How do we reconcile if we don't tell them why we love them, why the goodness of God is freely available? How? Faithful is telling the world. Faithful is being a living witness unto Jesus. That's the whole purpose of the power of the Holy Ghost in Acts 1. You shall be witnesses unto me. Are we being faithful to the call of God? Please, not a condemnation, but a challenge. Are we being faithful to the faith we actually believe? See, I chose the image today of a knight kneeling down. And the picture comes in the Scriptures as well, this image of a knight bowing down and having his weapon and surrendering. And his weapon is not in an attacking point. 
It's in a submitted point. Say, God, all I have is yours. All I am is yours. And whatever you call upon my life, I will do. And I'm willing to die for the cause of the gospel. That's what faith is about, church. That's what faithfulness is about. Many of us love the old medieval type victors and all that. This is what faith and faithfulness is all about. I believe in the King and I'm faithful to His Word. That's what we have to be, church. Because without that faith and faithfulness, there is no reward. I'd like the musicians and singers to come. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. He who comes to God must believe that He is, that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. See, believe that he is and that he is a rewarder is faith. Listen, to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder is faith. Those that diligently seek him, that is faithfulness. Faith needs faithfulness and faithfulness needs a cause and that's the faith we live in Jesus In 1 Corinthians 4, 2, it says this in the CEV. Our first duty is to be faithful to the one we work for. Today, in the midst of this message, I want to talk about some things in the life of the church. There are a whole bunch of people in this fellowship that I am so honoured to serve God with who serve and volunteer in the ministry to the saints in this house. Week after week, hosts come. They greet, they serve, prepare and distribute communion, receive the offerings, tea and coffee outside. They set up tables and chairs, lock up the building after you come and go. They're faithfully serving. And I would encourage you, that would be a great place to start serving in the house. To start being faithful to the faith you believe in. Start realising this is not a place you come and sit on your raw behind and get served. It's a place you come and serve one another. The ladies that work at the info desk. Growing more and more. If you want to volunteer and have some skills with... Now, admin, we would love to have you volunteering and serving in that place, ministering to the the brothers and sisters. Our connect leaders, faithful in the call of God, faithful, they love their people. Those who do the school breakfasts around the schools, that's so appreciated by the world, but you're being faithful as ministers of righteousness to the lost. You're being faithful to the faith you believe. It says, do good to all, especially those of the household of faith. Those who come in midweek and prepare and organise food parcels and distribute them and look after that. You're being faithful to the faith. Our mops leaders and carers, you girls are amazing. You're being faithful to the faith. Our Heritage Kids Ministry team, faithful, faithful to the faith. That's what they're doing. They're faithful people. See, church wouldn't run without faithful people. People who give up of their time. They're not in the service here with you, hearing the message normally. They're over there ministering to our children. Faithful to the faith. The Relevate Youth Team leaders, 
You, you don't, most of you don't see them. They come in Fridays. It, it's a whole day job to get everything ready for the youth night. They're faithful to the faith. Serving God, serving their brothers and sisters, reaching out to those who might come and don't know Jesus in the hope that one day they will be a new relative. And Radiance Women, right through the Care Force courses, the conferences, all the people who help out with events and the men's conference and all that stuff, all those people, they're faithful to the faith. They're giving of their heart and their life to make church somewhere we can come and get encouraged together. Would, would to God more and more of us would say, hey, I wanna, I wanna minister to my brothers and sisters in the house. Our Platinums, you got your leaders there, you guys have been amazing. Our worship team, you guys, and all the others who aren't here up on stage and may, may be in, church, in the service, may not be. How would you like to come and have to sing a cappella with me? You're glad they're here, but do we appreciate the fact that they're being faithful to the faith in ministering to the saints? Same as the people who do tea and coffee. They're being faithful. These guys are up front. They're behind the scenes often. And there are lots of people behind the scenes. Honestly, there are lots of people behind the scenes that sort of get no credit, but God's watching. And we ought to honour and be aware there are people everywhere behind the scenes who are of great value. Getting involved in things like Bethlehem Live. It does two amazing things. You know, the people who get involved, they represent us to the other churches. So, so Heritage cares about the body of Christ, not just Heritage. And you, you guys know me well enough. We, like we do most Sundays, we pray for the church, not just this church, the church. But those who get involved in things like Bethlehem Life, you represent the church to the world and you represent this church to the rest of the church saying, hey, we recognise we're part of the body. We are not be all and end all. Young adults leadership team, amazing groups of people. I, I, I just watched the church over the years as it's put line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. As people have ministered to the saints, it gets better and better and better and better. There is so much. And, and I am sure there are people I've missed naming who are faithful to the faith in ministering to the saints. Well, today I want to say thank you to every one of you. I wanna say thank you from my heart, from my wife's heart. We could not do what we do as a church and as pastors without people who are faithful to the faith. Without people who are willing to bow the knee to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and then take up the sword of the Spirit and go into battle spiritually. The people who pray behind the scenes, the cat people who help out with Christians against poverty, they come in weekly and pray. It's just amazing those of you who pray at home for the church, I could go on and on and on. I want people to be healthy. I want people to be faithful to the faith so that we all, the Bible says, the job of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers is to equip the saints for the work of ministry that the church would edify, listen, the key ministry, edify itself in love. That comes because people are faithful to the faith in all of these sorts of little areas that are so important to the life of the church. If you don't know Jesus as Lord and Saviour of your life, the Bible says you first have to believe that He is. 
and that He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Have to believe the truth that Jesus came and died on a cross for you and began at a birth. We celebrate as Christmas. Probably wasn't around December, doesn't matter. Celebrate the Queen's birthday and all sorts of weird weekends and we move it as if someone's birthday can move. We just celebrate it. That God began a journey and Jesus lived faithful to the faith so that we could live faithful to the faith. Follow my example. Follow my example, Paul says, Jesus said. If you don't know Jesus, it's simply just asking Him into your heart. Repentance and God, I'm sorry for living the way I've lived without you. I'm sorry for not being one who believes in you and believes in your goodness and is faithful to the faith. For Christians, are you faithful to the faith? I would hope that as we launch into next year, there would be a stream of new people that are not yet being serving in the house that would say, you know, I want to minister to my brothers and sisters. If that means being on the host team, if that means pouring tea and coffee, if that means helping out with children's ministry or getting involved somewhere else, please do it. Please, 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 please. Don't just let this be a message you heard and thought, well, it's okay or mediocre. Please take it and do something with it. Find a local church, commit to it, be faithful to the faith in it.